Hello and welcome back to Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast in which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, chat to some of the interesting figures and leading lights of this crazy industry we're in of writing and self-publishing. And today we are absolutely delighted to have a very special guest all the way from Craig's hometown of Toronto. We have Jennifer Liebman, who is an actor and an award-winning and best-selling author in her own right. And she is here to share some real wisdom with us. So Jen, we are delighted to have you. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing well, Roland. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, we are very excited to have you. And of course, he wouldn't be here without the man himself, Craig Touchley, owner and founder of Hidden Gems and an author himself. How are you doing today, Craig? What is the weather like up in Toronto? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's always uh, warm in the summer. So we're good over here. A little humidity, but that's all good. Um, thanks, Jen, for coming on. I know, you know, we had uh, talked about you coming on for a while and, you know, it's just been a scheduling thing. So um, today, you know, we wanted to talk, you, you've written a book about, um, you know, publishing uh, your own audiobook, and you have it sort of broken down into seven simple steps, which is always exciting, right? We always like simple steps <laughs> for doing complicated things. Uh, audiobooks are one of those things that uh, a lot of authors are, um, you know, these days, I think they're becoming really a lot more popular than they were. But, um, you know, a lot of people are still sort of daunted by the all the work involved, uh, you know, whether they hire out somebody to do a lot of it for them, all of it for them, um, or they just do it themselves, right? It's, it's often sort of like uh, a bit scary. So uh, the fact that you've broken it all down into seven simple steps and it's a number one bestseller, which means, you know, it's obviously the right seven steps, I think, right? So, <laughs> so why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, uh, how you got to this point and, and writing this book and, and everything like that, and then we'll go from there. Yes, thank you so much, Craig. Um, yeah, it's actually really funny how it came about because I never intended to write a book about um, audiobooks or recording an audiobook. Um, but I ended up recording my own audiobook for my novel and I messed up so much, but I didn't realize how much I messed up until I had recorded the entire thing. So then I basically like threw out two months of work and two months of recording and started from scratch. And I had a friend slash colleague who was the one that suggested I recorded the audiobook. Anyways, this was during like the OG 2020 lockdown. So I was at home with nothing to do anyway. <laughs> so um, when I told her that I re-recorded the whole thing a second time, she's like, oh, that's great. Now you can write a how-to book. Um, to help other self-published authors avoid making the same mistakes. So that's basically how this was born and how it came about, um, basically just from my own experience of doing a poor job the first time. <laughs> well, I, so well, um, what could you have screwed up so badly that um, that you had to re-record everything? Well, basically... Because I was doing different voices for all the characters. So my novel was originally a one-woman show where I played 10 characters on stage. So I just felt like it was kind of fitting that I would do kind of voices <laughs> for all the characters. Well, my question was going to be, you describe yourself as an actor. And of course, 
voice acting is acting. So it seems like a, a natural thing to want to voice your own yeah, book. Exactly. But I didn't realize how many inconsistencies there were until I was editing. Because sometimes a character wouldn't come back for like three or four chapters. And to get through those three or four chapters can be a week or two weeks because you're not recording every single day, which is something I go over in the book um, because vocal stamina and things like that. But yeah, so it, it was a lot of things I just didn't really realize until the end. But that was the biggest one. And basically realizing that when I was recording my characters' voices, I would have to go through the entire manuscript and find every single place that that particular character spoke. And I would have to go through all of their lines, like basically in one shot to make sure the the voice or the accent or the affect was consistent. And that was like the biggest kind of learning. Um, but like a movie, for example, if you have an actor coming in to do ADR, which is to do some sound recording or looping or whatever, you have them come in and book the studio for one or two or six or however many hours you need. And they do all their lines for the whole movie. It's not like you do one scene at a time and call them in 20 times to do 20 different scenes. So it kind of makes sense when you think of it in that respect. It's just not really what I was um, what I was thinking of at the time. So, so the first time you basically just started reading through the book, and then the second time you like you know highlighted each character in a different color, and then read through you know all. Their, yeah. Their well, I kind of I kind of did that at the beginning for the main characters. Um. So there's two kind of lead female characters. So I did that for those two because they were the most prevalent and they were the ones who were in every single chapter consistently. But yeah, I realized I had to do it for more than just that. And then I realized like I kind of came up with a pretty good system of how to do it. And not just that, I think I really help manage people's expectations in terms of timeline, because it is going to be time consuming. This isn't something you're going to bang out in a long weekend, not by a long shot. You know, like not even if you're the top voice actor in Hollywood, it's not happening. So it's, I do think I do think audiobooks are so exciting, but it's because of that commitment. It's like I love them because you can do other things while you're listening to them. And because the actors bring such a different experience to it. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And one of the things I talk about in the in the book is a blooper reel. You know, like if if you are a fan of like any sitcom or whatever, you can go on YouTube and you can watch blooper reels. So you can see realistically even for professional actors who are getting paid a million dollars an episode everybody's flubbing their lines and it happens frequently it's 
unusual to get through a whole take without a mistake, as opposed to the opposite. So that's another thing that people really have to be prepared for. It's like you can't you can't be so hard on yourself and so judgmental. You just have to take a breath, go back to the beginning of the sentence or the beginning of the paragraph and keep going. You know, and it's going to be a lot in the editing process, but it's almost impossible to read through a whole page without flubbing something. Yeah. And um, one of the other things I talk about is on the days that you're recording, you're not just going into the booth and sitting down for the first time reading the material. Like before you actually sit down in the booth on the same day, you should be reading that chapter minimum of once, hopefully twice out loud before you even go into the booth because there has to be a rhythm to it. There has to be some sort of cadence. You have to know, you know, when certain predicates are coming up, you know, if you want to emphasize certain parts of phrases or certain words, if characters are coming into play, that type of thing. So there is like a strategy to it and there is a way to be prepared, but you also have to realize no matter how prepared you are for it, there's going to be lots of mistakes and you just have to be patient. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you know, just reading something, you know, when I've read to my kids for a little while, you know, you read it just even a chapter and you're, you're kind of like, tired and exhausted your voice you just want to stop your mouth gets dry you know it's a lot to do in one sitting and so i imagine you know doing a whole book you probably don't even do a chapter a day you know you, you... well i i do suggest a chapter a day depending on how long the chapter is because you it has a certain flow to it like right. that's the other thing too you you don't want it to be too choppy and too chopped up because energetically you're going to be different every time you're in the booth, but at least for each chapter, you want it to kind of feel the same. Um, But yeah, like, and especially if you're reading the chapter one or two times before you're in the booth, like this is a four hour day we're talking about, you know? So even if it's on a weekend, like that's still a big chunk of your day. And especially if you're doing it after work or after, you know, kids go to bed or whatever, it's, it's a commitment. So tell me, speaking of that commitment, I mean, this, your, your, your book is a guide to authors who want to record their own book. How realistic is that an option for authors? Uh, Because you were an actor beforehand and, you know, So the way that I see it is you don't have to be an actor to be a good storyteller to tell your story. So my book is really geared towards self-published authors who wrote their own book because like who better to tell your story than you? You know, and sure, everybody dreams of getting like Matt Damon or some Hollywood actor, you know, to read their book. And that would be fantastic. Um, I'm not saying don't go for that. But there are definitely other options 
um, there's options of having other actors read it who aren't, you know, big, huge Hollywood stars. But I do think there is something to be said for telling your story with your kind of passion and point of view. So this is specifically geared towards those people. And I think reading the book will definitely give somebody a sense of whether or not this is something they want to sign up for. Like I said, I really do manage expectations um, because part of the battle, like with most things, but part of the battle is, or the big, the biggest hurdle is convincing yourself to do it. It's like, even I had trouble convincing myself. <laughs> you know, to do my own audiobook, even though I am a performer, because I'm like, I'm not that kind of a performer. You know, that's not, oh my goodness, I keep hitting my head. I'm sorry, I'm going to move up a little bit. So, I mean, that's, so that's a good point. So this is, this book is for, for people that are specifically want to record it themselves, not for just going through the process of hiring someone else and yeah, this is more geared towards self-published authors who want to have a go at it because why not? You know, we all have, we all don't know what we can do until we try. So there's definitely people out there where they know a hundred percent, like it's not for them, but there's definitely other authors out there who are like, you know what, like I was interested in theater or I did, you know, have a background in radio or whatever. I would like to have a go at this. So why not? Right. And I mean, it's certainly cheaper than hiring out some actor or voice performer to, to do it. Um, whether you hire them, pay them, you know, a flat fee or you give them a lot of people do a revenue share. Um, but obviously, if you can do it yourself, then it's just a matter of, of the time that it takes. Exactly. Right. So, okay. So let's uh, talk a bit about, you know, the seven steps and, uh, and what those are and, and maybe that yeah, helps sure. do what they're getting themselves into. Well, step number one is yes, you can, because the first, the biggest hurdle, like I said, is convincing yourself that this is something that you can do, that it's not so far out of your reach. Because we all tell stories all the time. It's not something new. We tell stories to people every single day. So just kind of giving ourselves permission to try, giving ourselves permission to fail um, is definitely number one. So it's yes, you can. And then number two is getting in shape. So this is where the commitment begins because it's a lot on your voice. It's a lot of vocal stamina and it's very unrealistic to be a regular person. When I say regular person, I mean not a professional voice actor, voice performer, professional speaker, somebody like that. It's not realistic to think that you can just sit down and flow through a chapter like that day in and day out for several weeks in a row until your book is done. So I basically have a chapter of vocal exercises and a suggested schedule 
starting at five minutes a day, working your way up to 30 minutes a day of doing these vocal exercises for a good month before you even sit down and attempt to even read your book. Because it's like a marathon, right? Like, yeah, there are lots of people who like are sitting on the couch one day and like, like I'm going to run a marathon. And then they train for a few months. And then by the summertime, they run the marathon. But nobody gets off the couch that day and like runs the marathon that day, you know? So that's kind of how I compare it because we don't really think of like our voice as like a muscle or a tool or an instrument, but it's very unnatural for us to sit and speak for an hour straight uninterrupted like we would if we were reading a chapter of our book. Even professional speakers, even radio hosts, even radio talk show hosts. You know, it's like every couple of minutes, something cuts in, there's commercials, there's a song, there's a jingle, there's a this, there's a that. Like, if you actually add up the amount of minutes within an hour, these people are actually speaking, you know, it's maybe a half hour, you know, but it's totally broken up. So that that's like, after wrapping your head around, like, yeah, I'm actually going to do this. Then you kind of have to step up to saying like, okay, I'm going to commit because If your voice is cracking, if your voice isn't smooth, like you don't have to have like a professional, like, you know, late night radio DJ voice. That's not what I'm suggesting. Um, But there does have to be some sort of smoothness, some sort of cadence, you know, something that makes it easy for the listener to listen to. So, Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I that, think, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just oh. going to say, like, we, we talk for, you know, just 45 minutes on these. And, you know, I can see how it's it can be tiring. We're not even doing most of the talking. Usually it's the guest that's doing most of the talking. But by the end of it, yeah, you, you know, you, it's almost like you need to rest rest your voice. And like yeah. Craig, I reach my kids as well. And it's like, especially when you have to do the different accents and things like that, yeah. you also have to follow along and read it exactly as you said so it's understandable for the person who's listening to it you've got to time everything right which means you kind of have to be thinking fast the whole way through and it's exhausting mm-hmm. yeah, yeah definitely I, it's very active it's, i see a lot of those uh you know sometimes on tv shows when they're doing when they have an actor on the show or whatever and he's doing vocal exercises and stuff like that so i imagine that's kind of like what you're suggesting that they do in the in the book sort of uh, you've learned from your own acting um experience yeah part of it well it starts with breathing exercises because if we don't have breath we can't make sounds that's where like the sounds originate from so doing some breathing exercises um doing you know just kind of like stamina like holding holding kind of notes for longer periods of time, but also articulation exercises, because when we're reading, we want the words to come out clearly. We want things to be crisp. We want sounds to be able to be direct differentiated. So that's another one too, is like doing exercises where you're like 
over enunciating and you're really giving like your lips and your tongue and your mouth a workout. So, you know, things are pretty clear because like you said, Roland, a lot of people are multitasking these days when they're listening to audiobooks also. So you can't be like mumbling. And a lot of people play them with the speed increased a little bit. So all the more reason to have to like really articulate words clearly. Um, yeah, so I have a whole list, a whole schedule of exercises. And um, I, at the time, like I was fortunate, I had just come off working on a play. So I was used to doing the vocal exercises every day. And I do suggest to continue the exercises throughout the entire process. So like, even on the days that you're recording, those days, of course, you should be doing the exercises. Like you don't stop after just the first month. It's like you continue doing these exercises and making sure your voice is warm every day before you go in the booth. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So then I'm what's step through? Oh, okay. Go, go ahead, Ron. No, 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 no. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. I, I, no, I was just uh, going to say what's step three then. That's yeah. So step three is set up to win. So you want to get yourself set up properly. So you want to get yourself equipment. I purchased a microphone off of Amazon for $60. And then I purchased a pop screen um, for, I guess, like $15 or $20. A pop screen is kind of like a mesh circular screen that you can put in front of your microphone. Because especially when you're doing vocal recording, all those kind of little mouth noises become amplified so the pop screen becomes important and then i downloaded audacity which is like free um like editing software for audio recording and um i cocooned myself into a closet basically so you know, physically, like you want to be sitting upright on a chair, you want to be able to breathe and, you know, have your vocal instrument available to you. But you also like want to have the pages you're reading in front of you. You would prefer them to be on the computer because then you won't rustle any noises when you're like flipping pages and stuff that can get really distracting. Um and yeah, like I had pillows and blankets basically around me. So I didn't use a recording studio. I didn't spend a lot of money. Um, you know, the setup was really simple and inexpensive. But also, of course, like I tested my microphones. It's a little bit of trial and error trying to get things you know, exactly the way they need to be, timing it around the gardener not being outside mowing the lawn because it seemed like almost every time I went into the booth, the neighbors had somebody mowing the lawn. And I was like, like every time. Every, I know. I, like, it's like someone's waiting around the corner with a leaf blower, just waiting. Exactly. It was pretty crazy. So, so, you know, there's little things like that that you can't help, but yeah, but just having, 
and and you have to be comfortable where you're sitting like you know you can't like cram yourself into like a tiny little closet where you can't breathe and you're like super cramped and uncomfortable like you need to be sitting there for an hour to an hour and a half maybe even two hours on some days so it has to be comfortable you have to have water next to you you have to you know like make it a cozy environment um but once again like you don't need to spend you don't need to spend a lot of money not at all yeah that sounds like a you know i like the idea of you know putting yourself in a small closety space surrounded by pillows and blankets to create your own sort of recording studio um experience that's uh, that just sounds nice not even necessarily to be recording yeah. anything have a nap you know yeah exactly <laughs> have a nap Kids can't find you. you know, yeah, you're lucky and sitting there and just disappear yeah. for a couple hours. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, set up to win. And then um, smile. You're recording, even though you're not on camera. So that's the other thing, too, is you need to have fun with it. Like, you need to be passionate about what you're saying. You have to bring an energy to it. You have to smile when you're talking because your voice sounds very different when you're smiling as opposed to when you're really focusing hard and really concentrating and everything gets like really tight and really strained. Um, so there has to be a certain energy to it also. And um, you can't expect yourself to just like automatically be able to turn on every single day that you're hoping to record because that's just not reality either. You know, we all have like lives and jobs and other things to deal with. So, um, you know, so that's, that's the other thing too, is like you really have to be in that headspace to do it. And if you're not in the headspace, don't bother because you're going to have to re-record the whole chapter anyways. Yeah, you don't want to go through that process like you did. <laughs> I mean, that must have been quite heartbreaking when you realized that you needed to do the whole thing again. It wasn't a fun realization. Like, it, <laughs> it wasn't. However... <laughs> However, I I was optimistic about the opportunity to have a second go at it because it's hard to get it right. I don't even know if I got it right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a daunting kind of thing and doing it on my own without having like a director and a team of people like saying like do it this way or try it that way or you know I think I did a good job but it's like with anything you never know yeah you never yeah. know <laughs> your, your audience uh the reception your audience gives you tells you I think if you did it right yeah yeah I guess so and then the next one is um, crowd control your characters. So which is what I was talking about earlier is like if you're bouncing around, you know, with characters that are coming and going in and out of different chapters, you really need to like wrangle them in and do a sit down and do 
all the vocals for one specific character at one specific point in time and then move on to the next guy. And um, yeah, you know, you'll figure out a way how to schedule that the best way you can. But that was like my biggest faux pas. That was like my biggest flaw, my biggest mistake. And um, yeah. So what's, is there a strategy for doing that? Like basically, you know, like, especially if you're, I was thinking, you know, you print it out and you highlight in different colors, but you know, you were saying about having it on the computer. So maybe there's a way. Well, yeah. So when you have it on your computer, when you're working in a PDF document, you can highlight things, different colors. So yeah, that's what I would say. And basically the way that I chose which ones to do is like, as soon as they'd appear in a chapter, I would just go and grab everything that that character did, you know, the first time that they appeared. And I would have like a separate folder for all of that guy's lines. And I would have it labeled with like what chapter and what page for each little soundbite. And um, yeah, that's how, that's how I did it because it just, it can get really complicated. Well, I mean, I was thinking that that adds, that would add a lot of complication to the editing process, pulling it all back together then uh, in the audiobook format when you have all these different files of different people speaking at different parts of the book. Now you've got to reorganize it and make sure that it's all in the right order and you put every, everybody in separately. So it's, it's not as difficult as it sounds because basically you're recording each chapter, one chapter at a time. So, you know, say your book has 15 chapters, you've got 15 audio files. And then say, no, just bear with me for a second. And then say you have like 20 characters. So then you'll have 20 audio files, one for each character that's labeled and basically you just start at the beginning of the book and you just cut and grab and cut and grab like each character as they come up and it's it's yeah it's it's a little time consuming but it's not as complicated or as difficult as it sounds so if you have 10 characters and 10 chapters, let's say, uh, you know, so you're, you're going through and creating one audio file per character for all the chapters or per chapter. So, you know, like, if, if, so, so basically if it's like my main character, I'm that main character's voice is going to be in every single chapter. And that's going to be like a standard voice. So depending on how many main characters you have, Um, like for mine, I had two main characters and those two would trade off every single chapter. So I didn't have separate audio files for them. They were just embedded. Is it when you have like lines of dialogue and stuff that you have to put in? Yeah, exactly. When you're putting in lines of dialogue for other characters that are like sporadic. So to keep their voices consistent, it, um, 
I feel like it's sounding more complicated than it is as we're talking. Well, I know what you mean. I have funny accents for all the characters and the stories I read my kids. And, and, you know, you have to, for sometimes it takes you a second to get into it. And sometimes maybe it sounds a bit different to how you intended it and from one reading to another. So you need to get into the zone to read all of that. So it's consistent the way through. Yeah. And also just the way that the software records sound you know, it's very easy to just be like chapter one and then do all the dialogue for chapter one and then say chapter two and then do the dialogue for that particular character for chapter two. It's it's really simple. Um, Audacity is like really simple uh, sound, like audio recording equipment and editing software. It's really cool. It's open source. Um, and I even have like diagrams in the book and stuff to show people how to like use it and edit it on it. Um, but yeah, so it's not as difficult. I promise it's not as difficult as it sounds, but yeah, you're going to have different files for each chapter. And then after you finish doing the main bulk of the chapter you're going to go back and say you have like two or three little minor characters that you need to like grab their voices for you'll do those files right so the editing process i imagine still takes a while though yeah the editing process definitely takes a while um because I guess if you were reading the month, book, maybe two months, I, 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 I say like from the day you decide to do this, if you decide like today, I'm going to start doing this and tomorrow you begin minimum six months. I imagine if somebody was to, you know, maybe they don't have a lot of characters or, or whatever, then if they're say doing a, a chapter per day, um, that would be a much simpler editing process right because that's just one chapter that would be simple simpler in the editing process but once again like i said you barely get through a page without flubbing something Mm -hmm. so it's like you know oh so when you do that do you just read the line again or you stop create another file no you don't stop that's the whole thing is like you just keep it rolling you take a breath you go back to the beginning of the sentence or the beginning of the paragraph wherever it needs to flow from And you just keep going. So when you go through the editing process, you're going to be cutting out all of these chunks where you have to like go back and take a breath and go back and fix and go back and this. And in an hour's time, there's dozens of them. So, you know, so to have like another window open while you're doing that inserting some of the lines of like the minor characters it's not such a big deal because you're already working on that canvas so to throw a little color here and a little color there you know to pepper in these voices well the big job is like going through like word by word you know, does everything match? Did you skip a sentence? Did you skip a this? Did you, you know, so that's what I mean, like cutting and pasting these things into the framework of it all is quite minor <laughs> compared to all the other editing you're going to have to do. <laughs> right. I mean, I, the way I was thinking about it is like, you know, you screw up on a line and then you just sort of like 
move the editing back a bit and start again so that when it's done, no, you just have that finished chapter. <laughs> if you stop and start you every time your... you make a mistake, you're going to yeah. be there for days. Right, right. Days. I'm sure it would slow you down. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, having to listen to it over and over again, I think would be a tough, <laughs> for some people, it would be harder than others. Oh, yes. Especially <laughs> because we're our own worst critics. And, like, yeah. I think all of our, you know, we all have, like, the feeling that our own voice is, like, nails on a chalkboard <laughs> after a That's while. Right. So, um, yeah, it's... It's a commitment yeah. and it's a challenge, um, but it's it sure. definitely, it's worth it. Like, I think it's a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah. Okay. So what are we on now? Step six, I think. Okay. Yes. That's editing and exporting, which we were already just talking about. So yeah, basically it's going through the nitty gritty and, um, making sure, like I said, all your sentences are correct, you know, that you're not missing pages, that you're not, you know, that you didn't like turn turn the page or whatever, you know, scroll and accidentally miss something. You want to make sure that like you're not missing words, which happens sometimes when we're reading, like we think we're reading a specific sentence, but we like miss a word or anyway. So that's part of the editing and then like cutting out all the mistakes that you made, all the times you flubbed and just getting like a clean cut of like beginning to end for each chapter, inserting the characters and then exporting it properly, which like depending on what platform you're going to use to um, to publish it. Uh, I was like, launch? No, it's published. Yeah, we publish audiobooks now. Interesting. Sorry, that took me a minute. So yeah, depending on where you're going to publish it, um, you know, there'll be specifications for like the export. So I go through that. And then the final step is you made it and putting it out and launching it into the marketplace. And there's different options in the book. Um, I used ACX. And that's kind of like the Amazon for audiobooks uh, or like the KDP because it gets it on several other platforms. So like through ACX, it is on Amazon and it is on Audible and it's on, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. But they do have very particular specifications. They have specifications for how each chapter needs to be saved, how each one needs to be labeled, how you have to leave a certain amount of um, dead air at the beginning and a certain amount of dead air at the end and all of those fun nitty gritty little things. And of course, each platform is going to have its own specifications. I have some of them, for examples, in the book, but obviously not every single one. And the book was published two years ago, so I'm sure certain things would be updated by now that are not in this older publication. Wow. Lots to, lots to know. So just to go back to the editing for a second, when you were talking about, you know, watching to make sure that you didn't miss, uh, you know, sentences, pages. So I guess, you know, to do that, you would be following along uh, as you're listening. 
Is that how you, yeah. you're doing it? Yeah, and just making sure. So then if you discover, discover you, you mess something up, I guess then you just fix that by re-recording on the fly? Yep, exactly. Well, actually, I like went through the whole book and made a note of all the mistakes I made because I had to like re-cocoon at this point. And, oh, um, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like, oh, I'm editing. I found a mistake. Let's run in the cocoon and like, you know, spend 20 minutes setting up and, you know, whatever. I thought you were editing from the cocoon, so... <laughs> no, no, the cocoon is difficult to edit in. Um, there's not that much room. But um yeah, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> imagining myself editing in the cocoon now. Um so yeah, so that's that's what I would do. Okay, well that, that makes sense. Um and so when you're launching it. Um, with all those different things. So ACX, uh, is that is that a, a platform for for creating or launching? Is it- yeah, so it's a platform. They actually compare you up with other voice actors who can read your audiobook for you. Um, yeah. They have different payment structures for things like that. Or if you have your own recording, you can upload it through their platform. And they make it available in the marketplace. So those are two different options. You can go either way. Um, You know, and like I said, this book is like a pretty good gauge. It really manages expectations. So it's if it's something you're thinking about, you know, if you take a look at this, this will really let you know what you're in store for. And you can decide whether or not you want to commit. Because it is, yeah. it's, it's a commitment. Like, because it's funny, like when a friend of mine was proofreading it for me, she's like, are you sure you want to say all these things? Because like, if I was reading this, it would really make me not want to do this. <laughs> and I was like, why? Because I'm telling people how long it takes. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, shouldn't they know before they decide to do something and then realize that they've put like two months into something that's going to take five more months and then throw in the towel. Like, wouldn't you have rather not spend that two months on something that you weren't going to finish? I don't know. Personally, I, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, we're, we're a big fan of, you know, giving everyone all the information they need before they get started to make informed choices and decide, you know, because that's exactly the thing is, you know, do you want to do this? And, um, some people, uh, you know, let's say they're money conscious, but you still, so you, you know, you don't want to hire out a company to do it, or you don't want to hire actors or whatever. Um, but you still have to think about, then there's that time commitment and it's not just uh, sit down, read the book. It's uh, editing. It's learning how to do all this stuff, learning how to use the software, learning, you know, building out your cocoon, doing all these extra things that they didn't think about. So I think it's really important to have this information so that they don't just say, Oh yeah, I'll do it myself because it's cheaper. And then, then get into this you know situation where they had no clue what they're doing. Yeah. And also like audiobooks are, the way more people are consuming books today, more people are listening to audiobooks. They listen to them in the car. They listen to them at the gym. They listen to them when they're cleaning the house. Like they're so popular. And I remember when I first published my book, like the most frequent question I got asked was, 
even before people asked me the title or what the book was about, do you have an audio book? And I used to get so frustrated because I'd be like, oh my God, I wrote a whole book. Like I wrote a book. Did you write a book? <laughs> you know, and, and like, they don't realize like the whole process, whether it's like this huge financial commitment, you know, that not everybody has, like if you have a big publisher behind you, then it's more likely, but it's either like this huge financial commitment or this like six month or more time commitment. So as much as like, yeah, it's, that's great. That's a great idea. I wish I had an audiobook. This kind of gives people an opportunity to be like, okay, I can have one in a year. I could. Yeah. Yeah, and that for sure. And you've got to be in it to win it, basically. I mean, I think that's one of the things, you know, it's very intimidating to a lot of authors. So they don't do that step. So unlike maybe Amazon, which, you know, is saturated with new books being published all the time, I think there is still that that opportunity, that void in the audiobook space that you can fill if you get it right. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying 100% of authors are going to be able to read their book, but not a hundred percent of anyone's going to be able to do anything, you know, but out of that 100%, there's probably 50% of authors who think oh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> you know, and maybe mm-hmm. out of that 50%, 20 actually try it. Yeah. Yeah. You've you know? got to be in it, in it to win it. That's the thing, isn't yeah. it? You can't fail unless you do it. Yeah. And I can't, you know, I can't predict it, but I can just kind of like share my experience with people and be like, look, it's not something I thought I was going to do either, but I did. And, you know, it's not terrible. (laughs) I did. And it's not terrible. (laughs) That's (laughs) no, I mean, a lot of people and we've had, we've done episodes before on audiobooks, and a lot of the time, you know, the, um, uh, the advice is to hire somebody, hire a voice actor, whatever. But that is not, um, you know, the 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 right solution for everybody. And so, you know, a lot of the advice and a lot of the the stuff that we've talked about before is about how to hire out people and how to you know manage the whole process with all the different people involved. So it's nice to have it. So for people that want to just do it themselves, you know, from start to finish. Well, I agree. Yes, there is a place for hiring out people. But I also agree that there are a certain percentage of very passionate and very theatrical writers who would be well suited to tell their own stories. So what about those people? Okay, that might, like I said, it's not going to be 100% of writers, but maybe it is 10 or 20%. You know, so there needs to be a resource, there needs to be something out there you know, for them to have a jumping off point and get a gauge of like, okay, you know, how can I do this? And it's like, okay, if there are other indie authors out there voicing their own books, well, then why can't I voice my own? Absolutely. So yeah, like, I think everybody has the power to create that opportunity for themselves if it's something that they feel suits them i think if your if, if your guy change gets one person to 
take the the plunge and do it and be successful at it i mean that's still an incredible thing to have achieved with it so yeah i think so thank you i agree that's well this is the perfect time to wrap things up because we're coming to the top of the hour but wow thank you so much and you've timed that perfectly because you went through all seven steps within the, the time awesome. allotted. yay <laughs> craig yeah. do you have any final questions uh no I, you know I, like i said it it's a great it's great to have this kind of a resource because you know like i said we, we talked about all this um from the other angle of uh you know hiring out people to do the different steps and why that's important but it's obviously like anything it's not um a one size fits all thing some for some people it's just better to to go the route of doing it all yourself and and having a resource like this is is very important for for the people that want to go that path so thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, that is wonderful. Now, Jen, where can people find out about you, about your books, about everything? Let us know. And we'll obviously pop a link to this down in the, the description down below. But uh, yeah, tell us where people can find you. Yes. So uh, my website is makeyourownbreak.com. And you can find out all about me and what I do on the website. And then for social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's the at sign. I am Jen Lieberman. So at I am Jen Lieberman. And that's me. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jen. That has been a fascinating conversation. Hopefully, if you're listening to this or watching on YouTube, you found it just as valuable as we did. Be sure not to be a stranger. Go and leave us a comment. Let Jen know how much you you appreciated what she had to share. While you're down there, if you haven't already, click that like button, hit that subscribe button, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fully Booked. So until then, goodbye.